FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately pumping. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. The Blues are on a roll. They are now six unbeaten. Cleared away, final whistle goes, and Portsmouth have beaten Wicker Wanderers by a goal to nil. Next up for Danny Cowley's side is AFC Wimbledon, who make the short journey down from South London tomorrow afternoon. We'll be hearing the pre-match thoughts of the gaffer on tonight's show. You have to commit, um, and you have to play with a real togetherness and spirit and a, and a fortitude, and I thought we showed those qualities. And we will also be speaking to Neil Allen, chief sports writer at the Portsmouth News. He talks us through what to expect at tonight's Better Late Than Never book launch event at Fratton Park, as well as some of the stories in his most recent publication. There's not always happy endings in football, so it became a sort of a chronicle of an incredible season, really, especially in terms of how COVID gripped football. But what I can guarantee is incredibly honest from all the people in there, and I interviewed 58 people in there. As always, I'll be bringing two more Pompey fans onto the show very shortly to talk all things Portsmouth Football Club, including an extended preview of tomorrow's clash with the Dons at Fratton Park. So strap yourselves in and get comfortable. We've reached 6pm on a Friday afternoon, which can mean only one thing. You're listening to Express FM and this is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to tonight's show, which is being driven to you by Stagecoach Across the South, the cheapest and most reliable bus service across the South Coast, getting you to destinations such as Bognor Regis and Brighton with a minimum of fuss. Well, we find ourselves with plenty of blues discussion this evening, as always, of course, but on this occasion, the majority of it is pretty positive, which is always welcome. Tonight, we will be taking a look at this weekend's League One action with the Blues uh, hosting AFC Wimbledon, intent on extending their unbeaten run to seven matches. Between now and 7pm, we look forward to hearing the thoughts of you back home as well. You can get in touch all the usual ways. It's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. You can email pompey at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or you can find us over at facebook.com forward slash pompey live was last saturday's victory at adams park a turning point for the blues have you grown more confident in pompey recently or do you remain grounded with 29 matches still to play and who makes your blues starting 11 for tomorrow's visit of wimbledon make sure you get those in before seven o'clock and while you're at it for a score prediction in there too Before we kickstart proceedings here on tonight's show, let's go back to last weekend. Pompey were welcomed by over 1,400 travelling supporters in Buckinghamshire for their latest League One challenge. Fourth place, Wickham Wanderers provided the challenge at Adams Park. On the commentary for us here on Pompey Live, Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He's gone! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Welcome to a match that we didn't think was potentially going to take place today. Portsmouth haven't played either of the past two international breaks, but they are in action this afternoon after only having two call-ups themselves. And Wickham, after having three, electing to play the game underway. And the ball is immediately sent long this time by Portsmouth. Williams will nod it out of play next to Danny Cowley's dugout. Wickham come forward in a dangerous leap. He's got the ball down by the corner flag. Cross to come into the middle and Bass is quick off his line. And a deflected ball falls into his arms nicely. He wants to drop kick quickly forward. And Hurst has beaten Jacobson to the air uh, to the ball in the air. Curtis picks it up, loses it. Hurst gets the second ball, driving down the right. Only Curtis to aim for. Hurst in the middle. And Wickham get the block in. Hurst back to the edge of the area to Thompson. To Curtis, back to goal. Swivel shoots, misses, still there. Hardest over the bar. Two great chances missed by Portsmouth. 
best of the game so far, nil nil. Picked up by Harness in the centre of midfield. He's wrestled by Thompson. And still, he gets the ball and sends Curtis away for Portsmouth down the left-hand side to break into the penalty area. Up against Stewart, wants to cut in field. In the area, and the referee has waved it away. And the Cowley brothers are both fuming on the touchline. The penalty's not been awarded. Thompson cannot believe it. Go down the line, flicked on into the penalty area. Oh, Raggett's clumsy there. And this time, a penalty will be given. Raggett committing a foul on Mametti going for a 50-50 ball and Raga saying, I've got my head to it, referee not interested and he's awarded Wickham a penalty kick. It's Jacobson against Bass, Pompey needing their backup goalkeeper, Jacobson steps up, straight for Bass and he grasps it to his stomach, straight down the middle, Bass didn't move, catches the ball, penalty saved, still nil nil. Thompson outside the box, Thompson working into the area, chances for Wickham, Mametti saved by Bass, loose the second ball, McCarthy over the stand, out to the ground, goal kick, nil nil. Now Portsmouth have it and can they break out? Hurst making a run down the left-hand side, he's onside and Hurst is in behind and it's a chance for George Hurst for Portsmouth, he squares it, Harness is in! Marcus Harness! Selfless from George Hurst, Harness needed two bites of the cherry, but he celebrates in front of the Pompey fans with 18 minutes to go, Wickham nil, Portsmouth one, and it's fully deserved. Cleared away, final whistle goes. And Portsmouth have beaten Wickham Wanderers by a goal to nil. Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM. Pompey Live. That result sent the Blues up to 10th in the table, although a number of sides were out of action due to the international break. Nonetheless, it's progression for Pompey, who have now gone six matches undefeated in all competitions. Elsewhere at the weekend, Bolton were 2-0 winners over Crew in Friday night's televised match at the University of Bolton Stadium. On Saturday, Plymouth extended their lead at the top to two points with a 4-1 victory at Accrington with second place Wigan not playing this time around. Burton and Charlton were both reduced to 10 men at the Pirelli Stadium in a match which ended 1-0 in Charlton's favour. At Portman Road, both Ipswich and Oxford failed to find the back of the net and shared a point with a goalless draw. Sheffield Wednesday were held 1-0 at home to Gillingham and of course Pompey defeated Wickham by a goal to nil at Adams Park. Those results ensure Pompey climb to 10th. Plymouth and Wigan remain in the top two, with Rotherham, Wickham, MK Dons and Oxford making up the rest of the top six. The relegation zone is currently made up of Shrewsbury, Fleetwood, Doncaster and Crewe. OK, let's welcome in my two guests for tonight's conversation now then, shall we? First of all, a very good evening to Sam Carter, who joins me in the studio tonight. Sam, pleasure as always to have you here, mate. Yep, good evening, Jake. It's great to be back. And alongside us, but on the phone this time around, Mark McGee. Likewise, Mark, the pleasure's mine, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jake. Pleasure to be here, buddy. No problem at all. Uh, so, look, lads, we, we won't go too much into, into Saturday's game at Wickham. Sam, we'll start with you. A 1-0 victory for Pompey at Adam, Adams Park. Now six games undefeated for the Blues, who go into tomorrow's match against Wimbledon, arguably with, hopefully, the higher confidence than the away team. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, we haven't really blown any of the teams away, have we, in those games? But I think that's also quite a positive. We've we've held firm, especially that Wickham game. We all know what Wickham have, have you know been like in the past with us, and to then see the reaction from Wickham fans on on social media after the game, saying, you know, exactly what we've thought about them over the last few years, was was really really good to see because I think I, I mean you could argue Portsmouth sides haven't maybe had that for quite a while now so it's 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 quite encouraging actually to see us grinding out wins and and getting them when maybe our backs are against the wall especially in a time a, a bit of a, a you know a bit of a, a up and down time like we have been in recently and I think one of the uh, crucial factors in last weekend's victory mark which we spoke about in large parts uh, on Monday's football hour after the game but it was the fact that you know Pompey didn't win that match at Adams Park by necessarily the quality on the pitch but they won it by matching uh, Wickham's own kind of tactical setup like like Sam mentioned there there were a lot of Wickham fans on social media after the match quite frustrated with how Pompey allegedly um, managed the game which they called time wasted well I think in our opinion that is karma for the last couple of seasons yeah I mean it's it's, it's good to see us you know game management is, is a big thing now and it's, it's good to see us managing the game and managing the opposition it's 
you know, maybe a sign that things are slowly starting to slot into place. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the sort of win you want to see on, a, on an away day. You want to see us grind out and work hard for it. Do you think, Sam, that given the, the situation with Pompey this season, of course, Danny Cowley uh, enjoying the first three or four matches, going unbeaten, and then, of course, struggling yeah, for you know, large parts of two months, uh, going you know, such a long time without a victory, without a clean sheet, and then to now find ourselves six unbeaten, you, you can see the change in approach to matches over the last couple of weeks. Like you said earlier, they may not be pretty, they may not be entirely convincing, but until we get to that January transfer window, is this just a case of working with the tools that we've got and kind of not necessarily playing the game the way we want to, but just assessing the opponent, doing our homework, matching them on the pitch and hoping that we come out best? Yeah, I, look, you know, it's it's obviously been a very strange season for us. We're not quite used to, you know, having such a... A poor run at this early in the season. I mean, as, as Pompey fans, we we normally sit back, enjoy a good start, then it all goes a bit wrong halfway through the season, and then we're playing catch up again. It's come a bit earlier this time, so I think that's thrown us by surprise. But it, it we you know you do have that safety net of January. You know what what happens in, then is remains to be seen, and whether we do go and look at new players and, and try and bolster the squad there, or whether we just get a few additions in and and try and really get the best out of the players we have. Because I think we've mentioned before a few times, if you do look at some of our squad, we have quite a decent spine. Obviously, centre back is a bit pushed at the moment with Robertson out, but I think if you look at our central midfield, it's it is quite strong there with Morel. Thompson coming through and Tony Clifford he hasn't been in the best form recently but you know he had a, a really good start so we can see there's a good player there obviously we know there's problems up front but yeah I I think I, you, you, you've got to look at the last few games and like I've already said tonight how we've managed them and, and you've got to say that there could be encouragement we've you know it could be a good time to just you know look forward and maybe yeah. get a good run going over the next few games yeah. Okay, enough of the chat about last time out now. Then I told you we didn't have too long to uh, talk about last Saturday's victory at Wickham. That's done and dusted now. We're going to throw it forward and look ahead to Pompey's next fixture instead. Tomorrow afternoon, AFC Wimbledon make the short trip down for match day number 18 of this League One campaign. Blues head coach Danny Cowley caught up with Ollie Marsh at the training ground early this afternoon to preview this weekend's action. Well, Danny, you're building up a little run of wins now in League and Cup. I'm sure you'll want that to continue tomorrow. That's right, yeah. Six unbeaten for us. We've worked really hard to, to get this run together and, and runs always have to start somewhere. Um, and now that we're on one, we want to try to keep that momentum and, and take it into tomorrow's game. And obviously Wickham, there was a lot of grit and determination that went into that win. Do you think Wimbledon may give you a chance to put on a different kind of performance tomorrow? I think you're right, we, we had to show certain qualities last week against Wickham, they ask an awful lot of questions of you, they're a direct physical team and you have to stand up and you have to you have to commit um, and you have to play with a real togetherness and spirit and a, and a fortitude and I thought we showed those qualities and these are good qualities and we certainly need them tomorrow and if we can bring them and also find a little bit more control and rhythm in our in our own performance, um, particularly in possession, then, then that, that, that is the ambition but we have a, a lot of respect for, for AFC Wimbledon, I think they're a great club one of the great stories of modern day English football um, in the way that they, they, they fought back and worked through the divisions and now find themselves as a really competitive League One club. I think they're a, they're a young squad, they have some really, really good young players that have recruited pretty aggressively towards, towards that this summer um, and signed some, some, some really good young players and they have also brought some, some really good young players through their academy as well. So there's a lot to like about this, this Wimbledon team um, and we certainly have full respect for them and know that we will have to be at our very best if we want to get the right result come come tomorrow afternoon. And for yourself, you'll have Gavin Bazunu and Joe Morrell back from international duty. Yeah, this is right. We were we were stretched to the limits with regards to our squad last week. Um, I think we had eight key players unavailable to us, um, either through international duty or through injury. So it's great to be able to bring at least those two back um, and, and hopefully one or two more, which will, which will give us much more depth going into tomorrow's game. Is this perhaps the sort of most depth that you've had in the squad since you've been here at Pompey? I think we've still got some injuries. There's no hiding place from that. Um, so we're still we're still relatively low on numbers. Um, but like we showed last week, 
um, you know, when, when, when our backs are against the wall if, and, we're, and we're facing adversity, if we can stick together um, and show the same resolve that we did last Saturday, then even if we're small in numbers, we can we can be big in heart. And I think a lot of people have pinpointed Bass versus Bazunu as one of your biggest headaches for tomorrow. How do you view that one? Yeah, I just see the positives in it. The fact that we've got two fantastic goalkeepers available to us, both putting their hand up, both in really, really good moments. I thought Alex was, was outstanding last week, both in the Crystal Palace game um, and in the, in the game against Wickham. Um, it's not an easy game to come into the Wickham game at all for, for a goalkeeper that hasn't played as much as, as Alex would have liked. But for him to show the level of experience that he did, I thought his game management was excellent. I thought his distribution was good and presence that he had in his, in his penalty area when, when Wickham asked so many questions of you in that in that moment was was outstanding. And, and obviously Gavin away with his with his international team keeping two clean sheets as well was, is, is is a real positive for the squad and. Yeah, there's no doubt that, that that area, the number one position, is, is the sort of strongest department within, within our squad at the moment. And just finally, I know you were at Cheltenham yesterday to watch the FA Youth Cup. What were your takeaways from that game? It was obviously a, a narrow defeat in the end for the under-18s. Yeah, it was a it was a, a disappointing outcome, um, but it was a, it was a great game. There was certainly some magic of the FA Cup at, in the in the game, and two 0 down, the, the boys didn't give up. They they kept fighting, and they found a way back into the game late on. Took it to extra time, but just couldn't couldn't quite get on the right side of what was a, a really competitive fixture. And I think they were definitely positive. Dan Gifford scoring a, a, a hat trick, his second hat trick in two games, um, was that was the standout. Um, but but certainly, you know. More than that, just the way the boys fought for each other um, and, and were really determined in their effort um, were, were, were certainly the, 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 the positives that I took away from the game. Thank you, Danny. Pleasure. The pre-match thoughts there of Blues head coach Danny Cowley, who right at the start of that interview, uh, Mark, got to bring you back into the conversation now, right at the start of that interview, Danny Cowley referencing the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter how we get these victories over the line, it's just that we do. Now we've got this run started, surely we can go on now and kick, kick off and, and maybe even start to play that Danny Cowley wants to play starting tomorrow against Wimbledon. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it, Jake? I mean, it's about getting the results any way you can to, you know, first and foremost, start a run of form. Once you're on it, it changes the whole dynamic of the squad. You know, confidence goes up, heads start turning, you know, the players start focusing and, like, sort of believing in the tactics a bit more. And I think, you know, it's it's only going to prove to be a positive. And I think we're going to start seeing that fluid attack in football that maybe a lot of fans thought they'd, you know, been promised um, in the summer. And I think, you know, that's, that's all it's taken. We said it was going to be a season of transition. And if it doesn't take off straight away, so be it. But we're starting to see you know, the, the the rewards now of being patient and mm. giving a manager time. Yeah. Okay, then after the break, we'll uh, be continuing to preview tomorrow's visit of AFC Wimbledon to Fratton Park, but not before an extended interview with Neil Allen from the Portsmouth News. Stick around to find out which former Pompey player he's talking about here. His first Pompey training session, he turned up with a Southampton kit and he didn't realise anything. He just thought he'd just turn him in a kit, so this is my kit. Alan Ball just took him to the club shop and got him a new Pompey kit, but he became a Pompey fan. He says he's got no time in Southampton at all. He said he used to go back to the city and got abuse and stick over his Pompey links and he prefers Pompey to Southampton. Neil looks ahead to tonight's sold-out Better Late Than Never event at Fratton Park and talks us through some of the content in his recent two publications, neither of which were blessed with a proper book launch due to COVID. So stick around to hear from him, more from myself, Sam and Mark too, when the Football Hour returns here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store and you can find out where your nearest stop is as well as the services they can provide you in your local area. This evening I'm joined by Sam Carter and Mark McGee to preview Pompey's next League One fixture. AFC Wimbledon travel down to Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon as they are the next challenge for the 
Blues in the league this season. As always, Pompey fans, we want you back home to get involved with the conversation. All the usual ways you can text your name and message, followed by, or starting with the word express rather, to 81400. Email Pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm in your tweets on Twitter, or you can go over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Dave Byrne has done exactly that on the emails, getting in touch this evening, saying, surely the easiest selection decision for Danny this weekend is to keep George Hurst in the team ahead of John Marquis, regardless of any recovery from injury. I think to keep Hurst in is less of a risk than to drop him back to the bench and recall Marquis. Dave in list getting in touch there on the emails. Now, Sam, this is the big debate uh, that has been going around on social media this week since that uh, game against Wickham last weekend. John Mark was missing that match at Adams Park due to injury. Uh, Danny Cowley uh, has revealed to local press, uh, to Andy Moon specifically, that John Marquis has trained this week, Mm. but he hasn't confirmed whether he's definitely fit and available for tomorrow's visit of AFC Wimbledon. Now, the question I ask you tonight, let's say for argument's sake, John Marquis, he's available for tomorrow. He's fit, he's ready to go, as is George Hurst. Who starts, in your opinion? Uh, George Hurst. I think you've got to say Marquis has had his chance this season. Um, Hurst hasn't. Um, we saw brief cameos of Hurst, and you can't exactly say you were that excited about what we saw, but at the end of the day, they were brief cameos. He was coming into a game quite often where we weren't performing well as a team, and then having to try and, you know change everything in, in about 20 minutes as a lone striker which is a very tough ask so what he has done is he's come in for a couple of starts now and and you know he's he's, he's done all right he hasn't he hasn't scored still well he did in the um what the efl trophy yeah. didn't he but, quite, an, um, quite an important goal as well. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> to get his first one at fratton park no matter what the competition is but he hasn't got that league goal yet which will, will give him another boost but you know what I, I think he does deserve to you know to start tomorrow because we, as I've said, we've seen enough of Marquis this season to say that maybe he is struggling. Maybe he needs to have that competition. I think last year he was pretty much nailed on starter every game, and that maybe got him a bit complacent. So yeah, it, yeah, give Hurst a go, see what he can do with with ninety minutes. Not necessarily gold last Saturday against Wickham, Mark, but certainly a, a very good performance from George Hurst, showing the fourteen hundred Pompey fans what he can do when he's you know at the top of his game. And I think he held the ball up well. He, he brung others into the match. Of course, got the assist for Marcus Harness's winner on the seventy-third minute. I think the overwhelming majority of supporters are in favour of George Hurst starting tomorrow. Are, are you of a similar opinion, or, or, or would you prefer to see John Marquis back in the lineup? No, I mean, I think George Hurst deserves to be in the lineup on merit. I mean, it's no secret uh, that I I am a Marquis fan. I believe he gets a tough time. I mean, the man gets 16 league goals last season and still gets heavily criticised. And he also offers, uh, you know, a decent press when we're, when we're out of possession as well, in my opinion. But I mean, look, George Hurst has taken his opportunity. He's impressed. He's held the ball up. He's been a real presence up front. And he's given us something a bit different as well. Um, so... I'd be surprised if Marcus came in. I, I don't think that'd be completely fair on George Hurst. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for George Hurst starting. Yeah. Uh, plenty getting in touch on uh, Twitter regards to this conversation, and I think you know, actually, before we get to some of those, Sam, I think it is actually quite important to, to kind of reference what Marks just mentioned to uh, about there. Whilst we make we might think that it's probably beneficial for George Hurst to start tomorrow. That's by no means saying that John Mark was doesn't deserve at all to come back into the team this season. He's, he's a great player. He's, he's clearly a proven goal scorer. And again, like Mark, Mark mentioned there, 16 goals last season in a campaign where he was heavily criticised. Still not a bad return. So it is actually possible, believe it or not, to hold one opinion, but still actually you know, like the other player. It's just that finding that balance of, well, only one of them can start based on the current formation that Danny Cowley's employing. At the moment, that seems to be George Hurst based on recent performances. Yeah, I mean, if a player's injured, you don't want them really rushing back anyway, first and foremost. So that's got to be taken into consideration as well, regardless of your opinion on either player. 
yeah, so let's get to some of the tweets then. Uh, Nigel Wyatt says, definitely Hurst tomorrow. Nigel Rush says, I think it is worth giving the lad of rudder games to see how good he is, this George Hurst. Uh, let's not forget how much we despaired of him when he was coming off the bench not so long ago. We have to give Marquis the time to get properly fit, get him hungry. Pointless rushing him back before time. I'm a huge believer in Marquis. He is a quality striker at this level. It's the old thing that fans do, whereby they always think the best striker is the one that isn't playing regularly. A couple of good games doesn't make a player great, but let's give in a few matches and see the opinion of Nigel Rush on Twitter. Lorraine Wells says absolutely 100% George Hurst. Uh, a few more as well. Let's scroll up to this one. Stu says, I would start Marquis, but change him on 60 minutes. This will never happen because uh, Danny Carley is pretty poor at in-game management. Mark, I'll get your thoughts on that comment. Um, not necessarily the opinion to, to start Marquis. That's absolutely fine. But in in terms of the uh, the comment there made about Danny Carley's in-game management, is it is it, in your opinion, poor or... Is it is this just a case of a manager still trying to get to grips with his team? I think, in all honesty, I think you know any manager is damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. And I think Danny Cowley is just another victim of that. I mean, we'd all do things a little bit differently, wouldn't we? If we weren't, if we're not winning a tie, or we all, you know. But then again, if if we are winning and we are getting the points and grinding out results, you know, he's he's tactically, uh, you know, playing a masterclass. So I think his game management. I haven't really ever really criticised it I think I think during the Kenny Jacket era I, I felt myself very frustrated especially at the lack of substitutes being used but I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with his game management so far and you know you've got to give a player 90 minutes sometimes I mean you know the player you bring off in the 60th minute might be the player who would score you that goal you know with a clinical finish in the 89th so you know you've got to give everyone their, their chance really yeah uh, Tim Foote also on Twitter says that George Hurst should 100% start sends a very odd message to players that if they give everything they have and perform well they don't earn a chance to keep a shirt if we had an on-form superstar waiting to come back into the side it might be different but we don't says Tim Foote on Twitter Okay, I'll be bringing Sam and Mark and yourselves back home, back into the conversation to continue previewing tomorrow's visit of Wimbledon to Fratton Park in uh, the next part of the show. But first of all, we're going to hear from uh, Chief Sports Writer at the Portsmouth News, Neil Allen. Later this evening, he is hosting a, uh, a book launch at Fratton Park. It's titled Better Late Than Never. This is to launch his uh, two most recent publications, Played Up Pompey 3 and uh, Pompey, the Island City, which were both released uh, well in 2020 and uh, in 2021. So later this evening, Neil will be hosting that ed- event at Fratton Park. He's got former Pompey players who are involved in the books, featuring, presenting, giving their opinion and stories to the Pompey fans attending and also doing meet and greet signings, autographs, uh, pictures as well. It's going to be a great event at Fratton Park. If you're going, I'll be there looking forward to seeing you as well. It should be a great occasion as the last two were as well. But we're actually going to hear from Neil Allen. I spoke to him at Fratton Park uh, a few weeks ago to get his thoughts. Uh, He's very excited about tonight's event. I'm here with Neil Allen, Chief Sports Writer on the Ports of News. Neil, thank you for speaking to us today. Not long to go until your Better Late Than Never book launch at Fratton Park. You must be pleased to be able to finally showcase your latest work. Yeah, it's been a, a year <laughs> in the making, really. I, I mean, tra- Traditionally, when I've done in previous books, 2015 and 17, you have a launch night, don't you? And I invite former players who are in the books to come along. And uh, 2017, Sam Matavase hosted the night. Steve Clarage was there. Paul Walsh was there. Dejan Stefanovic, John Milkins. It was a cracking, cracking night and you always want to launch a book with a, a night like that and a, a full victory lounge and um, obviously what happened last year, I couldn't do that with either of the books that I wrote so I thought better late than never isn't it let's just do it and um, six weeks before the actual event it's sold out and I say sold out tickets are free but the victory lounge all the tickets are taken so uh, it's it's been a phenomenal response to it and I think everyone just wants to get out there and do a social occasion don't they talking football everyone loves a bit of nostalgia and of course meeting Michael Doyle and Martin Cool on show at the launch you've got played up Pompey 3 as well as Pompey Vialden City let's talk about the former to start with played up Pompey 3 the third instalment in the series for those yet to buy or read this one what kind of stories can we expect to see within uh, well, first of all, if you do get the book, look at John Durney's chapter. For me, one of the best chapters I've read in these books. It's phenomenal, <laughs> John Durney. Full of stories, wonderful stories. In particular, the time he uh, ran at final players with a knife 
in the uh, Marriott and it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant story. You, you get different sorts of chapters. You get some that give you a great insight into things. Johnny Ertel talking about Richie Barker's demise and about how he lost the dressing room after his second game at Bristol Rovers, for instance. And you get others which are just really funny, quirky and that, that's John Dernan really excellent and that's my favourite chapter in it and it's full of stories like Darren Anton's really good one as well talking about how much he's born in Southampton he used to have seen to get Southampton as well and he used to go with his dad you know Southampton and, and he said that his first Pompey training session he turned up with a Southampton kit and he didn't realise anything he just thought you just turn him in a kit so this is my kit and uh, Alan Ball just took him to the club shop and got him a new Pompey kit but with Darren Anton it got to the point of he became a Pompey fan he says he's got no time in Southampton at all he said he used to go back to the city and got abused and stick over his Pompey links and he prefers Pompey to Southampton he's got no time at all for them and I think that's a lovely little story there that shows you how the Fratton bug can bite you even somebody from Southampton so uh, as ever there's great stories in there Benjani talking about the airport one of my ambitions was to finally get in Benjani and pin him down and say is it true about you falling asleep at the airport that Harry Redknapp trots out every deadline day and of course it wasn't true it's a bit embellished but that's Harry and just things like that as ever Chris Kamara's in there as well it was great speaking to him even if I did have to pull out my wife's birthday meal to meet him but Chris Kamara comes first doesn't he Chris Kamara says I'll speak to you in Brighton I'm driving to Brighton to see him so uh, yeah it's, it's, again it's full of great pompy names with, with wonderful stories and as ever everyone gives their time free everyone gives me um, like Rico Cranchar an hour and a half on the phone with him you know so the players want to give their time they've got respect for the football club they're not doing it as a PR stunt uh, they've got genuine affection and that's what shines through most stories players don't want to leave for Aston Park and it just shines through every story in there and then of course the latter Pompey the Arden City uh, this one's slightly different to the played up Pompey trilogy talk us through the idea behind that one yeah, it's, it was funny because I was at Butlins with the family the day after Villa got to, into the Premier League, so I was through the playoffs, so I was quite happy. And then the next day I had a phone call saying, oh, we'd like you to write a book about Pompey next season, just following them in depth. And I, I've watched a documentary, I've seen Sunderland documentary, you know, and the first set series, and um, Man City one. And it, it just thought, I thought, yeah, I'd love to do that, just behind the scenes look at Pompey, more of the Sunderland quality rather than the, the Man City, because Man City irritated me. It was just, I don't know, they had no heart or soul in Man City one. It was just like, oh, oh, crisis Man City. We've won nine games in a row and we've got injuries at centre-half. What do we do? Oh, it doesn't matter. We won anyway. Oh, well, you know. So for me... I just wanted it a proper story and it became a proper story the, the Pompey Island City I followed Pompey through the season so you had players talking about like Jack Watmore talking about depression gambling alcohol you've got uh, Alan Knight talking phenomenal chapter with Alan Knight he's never said before talking about all his troubles in the past with alcoholism and depression uh, you've got uh, Big Kev's wife having cancer as well Lee Smith talking about the Bob Higgins situation at Southampton and what he went through there's uh, Sarah Merrick's her husband Dom uh, he died of Covid so there's a chapter with fans whose partners and, and, and fathers have died of Covid so at times it's, it's quite bleak at times it, but it's up and down isn't it that's what football season is and there's some great chapters in there as well with players such as Gareth Evans Craig McGilvery and there's loads of players in there Christian Burgess as well uh, and it just follows the club through the season and uh, hopefully it reflects the season because and I'll never, I'll never forget at the end of it Oxford away when Pompey got knocked out of the playoffs and penalties I ran a publisher and it was like ah it's not going to be a story about getting promoted. And he just said, well, that's football. And it is, and it's yeah. particularly Pompey. It's, there's not always happy endings in football. So it became a sort of a chronicle of a, an incredible season, really, uh, especially in terms of how COVID gripped football. But what I can guarantee, it's incredibly honest from all the people in there. And I interviewed 58 people in there. So it's an incredibly honest book from Milan Mandrick to uh, Michael Afton's in there as well. Just a lot of people from over the years connected with Pompey. Now, tickets for this launch event have all been snapped up. How many are you expecting to see there and what can we be looking forward to when we get there? Uh, right, well, all 500 tickets in Victory Lounge have gone. So uh, they've mentioned to me about opening two bars as well because they say it's going, it's going to be packed. So we've got Michael Dore coming. We've got Martin Cool coming. Hey, Michael Dore, it's the first time he's been back since uh, taking Pompey to the title. And I, I wanted this date because Notts County, who is player coach, are playing at Eastleigh the next day. So I wanted this one and he's like, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. Martin Cool's going to be there. Uh, Sam Matterface is going to be there. Uh, you've got um, Dave Monks, Ian McInnes, Barry Harris, Big Kev. 
Ray Crawford's coming down as well. I've just met Abdul tonight. Abdul's going to be there as well. So a, a lot of people are in the book uh, who will be there. Obviously, the big names of, of Doyle and uh, Martin Cole as well. So, uh, yeah, and, and what these events normally are, you have the first half, and it's a Q&A. So you have the first half with some players, the second half with others, and the audience have the chance to buy books, but also have a Q&A with the players from the floor. Hopefully the microphones will work this time. They never do, but hopefully they will this time. And go to autographs and meet the players. They're always tremendous evenings, anyone that, that goes there. They're very relaxed. The players want to be there as well. Andy Moon from Radio Stone, he's hosting it as well. And hopefully it'll be a, a great evening. Guy Whittingham's going to be there. Knights is going to be there as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because uh, we've not had one of these for a long time and the Hall of Fame hadn't taken place a good few years before that. I'm really looking forward to it because of the great events and to have Michael Doyle back at Fratton Park. What a competitor, what a player. I think uh, we're all looking forward to seeing Michael Doyle back at Fratton Park. Neil Allen there speaking ahead of tonight's Better Late Than Never book launch at Fratton Park. Looking forward to an enjoyable evening with some familiar faces. Well, it is time now for our final break of tonight's show. But in just a few moments, I'll be bringing back my two guests to continue our preview of tomorrow's match at PO4. Carry on getting your messages into us, Pompey fans. We're now looking for your score predictions as Pompey take on AFC Wimbledon at Fratton Park. All the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com. So stick around for the conclusion of tonight's show and don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Still to come in the next 18 minutes or so, myself, Sam and Mark will be continuing to look ahead to tomorrow's visit of AFC Wimbledon to Fratton Park. We're going to rein in some score predictions and we're going to name our team lineups as well. Certainly some selection headaches for Danny Cowley in respect to who starts up top for the Blues as well as who starts in goal with a returning Gavin Bazunu from international duty. If you want to get involved uh, between now and 7 o'clock, you don't have long to do so, I'd suggest you do that right now. You can text your name and message starting with the word express to 81400 email pompey at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or find us on facebook facebook.com forward slash pompey live however before we go into any of those we're going to take a closer look at tomorrow's opponents mason jordan takes us on a journey into the important names and numbers behind this weekend's opposition it's afc wimbledon Fratton Park welcomes League One action for match day number 18 this weekend. Pompey's challenge this time, AFC Wimbledon. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The Blues head into this fixture off the back of six undefeated in all competitions, following progression in the EFL Trophy and FA Cup, as well as four unbeaten in the league. Last time out, Danny Cowley's side were victorious by a goal to nil away at Wickham Wanderers. What's important now is the big away win being backed up with three points on home turf. Looking to raid on Pompey's parade are the Dons, the real Dons. Manager. This week's opponents are led in the dugout by Mark Robinson, who took on the job with zero managerial experience in February of this year, having enjoyed a short period in caretaker charge. The Dons ended last campaign under Robinson's guidance with just seven defeats from the remaining 21, finishing 19th in the final standings and avoiding relegation by four points. The 56-year-old, who has been at the club since it rose back from the ashes in 2004, currently has a record of 14 wins, 13 draws and 15 defeats in charge of the Wombles. One to watch. Last time around, we picked out South African playmaker Ethan Chislett as our one to watch, but since that crazy trophy match in South London two months ago, he's only really featured as a sub in the final 15 minutes of matches. Instead, we look at central midfielder Anthony Hartigan, who at just 21 years of age has been a regular in that position for the Dons in four of the last five seasons, spending some time on loan at Newport County last term. Hartigan has ran out in 14 of Wimbledon's 15 matches so far this campaign, getting on the score sheet once and registering three assists. Top scorer. Wimbledon's leading scorer at this stage is 21-year-old winger Jack Rudoni, who has netted four league goals so far. The Dons 
Academy graduate who has been playing professionally for the club since the 2019-2020 season has already equaled his goal-scoring record from last term where he managed four from 39 appearances. He's levelled that just after 12 games and has donned supporters singing his praises at Plough Lane this season. Having said that, Rudoni is currently going through a dry patch, failing to score in any of his last five outings. Current form. The Dons are once again struggling at the wrong end of the division this season, currently occupying 18th place and just two points clear of the drop zone. Mark Robinson's side have so far managed four league victories this season, drawing five and losing the other six. In their last five League One matches, Wimbledon have won just one, drawn two and lost two, with that sole victory 1-0 away at Lincoln, the only goal of that game coming from a penalty spot. The last time these two sides met was back in September at Plough Lane in the EFL Trophy, where the Dons ran out 5-3 winners. Can Pompey make it seven unbeaten or will Wimbledon wobble on their second win over the Blues already this season? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Big thank you there to Mason Jordan for providing an in-depth look into this week's opponents, AFC Wimbledon. Let's bring back Mark and Sam into the conversation. Mark, how you doing, mate? It's been a while since we heard from you. <laughs> Still here, mate. I'm, Still I'm, I'm doing OK. <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. That's the, that's the beauty of uh, being able to call in Marcus, but you can just you can drift off, you can go get yourself a cup of tea, you can put your feet up. You don't have to. Yeah, mate, I've been zoning out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Mark, we, we've got about well, just under 15 minutes to, to kind of preview the rest of tomorrow's game against Wimbledon. And first of all, let's just go back to that crazy EFL trophy match at Plough Lane back in September. We'll be hoping we, we don't see a repeat of that scoreline, which ended 5-3 in Madonna's favour. I'd like to think not. I mean, obviously, I think it goes without saying that those those games, in my opinion, feel like the foot is taken slightly off the gas uh, for some players. Uh, maybe not for the younger players who obviously get a chance to show what they can do and use it as like a you know pedestal to show their abilities. But um, no, I'm I'm fairly confident, if not very confident, that we will not see a repeat of that scoreline. No. And uh, AFC Wimbledon, Sam, a, a different kind of challenge for Pompey we mentioned in the first part of the show about how recent matches Danny Cowley seems to have you know, tweaked the tactics a little bit to kind of match the opposition you know kind of play to their you know their strengths but kind of use it to our advantage and, and, and hit them you know kind of play that you know card on them and, and, and mm. kind of utilise that and, and like I say use that to our advantage but tomorrow against Wimbledon their side struggling at the wrong end of the table form for them in recent matches as we heard from Mason there only one win in the last five matches is this an opportunity for Pompey against a, against a struggling side, a team we probably should be beating on paper, to to actually go up there and try and play the way we want to play? If it doesn't work in the first 10, 15 minutes, then maybe go back and uh, and change things up a bit. Are you confident that we will get a victory tomorrow? Or do you see this as maybe a banana skin? Well, I think it is an interesting task ahead of us because we know that teams that are down in the lower half of the table tend to come to Fratton Park, park up shop and um, hope for a draw. So what that means is, yeah, like you said, are we going to go and play with this attacking kind of more fluid um, game plan that we've seen at times at the start of the season and at times at the end of last season? Um, You'd say we're probably going to have to if if Wimbledon do come here and set up shop. So it is a real test. We we do have to go and see what, what, what this team is about when we need to be on the front foot tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we've got an email here from uh, our good friend uh, Eric Colborn, of course the uh, chairman of the Pompey women's ta- uh, side. says, hi Jake, uh, as promising, exciting news, Ciba Club re- uh, website, kind regards, Eric. Now of course if you throw back to Monday night show here on Express FM, Eric did tease uh, some exciting Pompey women's news and that has been announced in the last uh, hour or two. And that is that the Pompey women will play host to Southampton via the official Southampton affiliated women's side at Fratton Park on Wednesday the 15th of December. It's a league match, the FA uh, Women's National League, Fratton Park, uh, Wednesday the 15th of December. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff. Tickets are available and must be purchased in advance uh, via the club's website, portsmouthfc.co.uk. If you go to that website or you go to at Pompey Women on Twitter, you can find out how you can purchase your tickets. But certainly exciting news uh, for the women's game and getting that exposure at Fratton Park. It's been quite some time uh, since we saw Fortress Fratton host 
Pompey women's football should be a great occasion hopefully the Blues can get the job done against their bitter bitter rivals so thank you to Eric for getting in touch thank you to the Ports of Women for that exciting news uh, back to tomorrow however Mark we mentioned Wimbledon there being you know, a slightly different challenge for Pompey let's talk about one of the or a couple of the players mentioned within this week's opposition with Mason just now Jack Rudoni having a very good season for the Dons uh, at this stage currently uh, equaling his goal scoring tally of last campaign and you've got the likes of Oli Palmer up front as well who on his day can be a real threat to Pompey regardless of Wimbledon's kind of position in the league it's not going to be a walk in the park. If, if you're going to Fratton Park tomorrow thinking this is going to be an easy 2-3-0, victory, you've got it all wrong. Yeah, absolutely, Jake. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Look, they're, you know, they're a team full of some exciting players. I mean, Ethan Chislett, um, as I mentioned in the uh, match report there, uh, he's, he's a player I'm familiar with. Played, played at Aldershot. You know, he's, he's a decent attacking young midfielder. Um, Oli Palmer, you know... <sighs> Anyone who knows league football knows he's not a player or not a striker you want to you know, give too many chances to. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy. I mean, Wimbledon have been in this league for a long time now for a reason. You know, they're by no means a pushover of a club. And, you know, every team loves to come to Fratton Park and loves to try and cause an upset. They've definitely got the quality in their team to do it. They're going for a rough patch, but like we know as Pompey fans, sometimes all it can take is one result, uh, you know, on the road. And, uh, you know, fortune, uh, fortunes change. Yeah. AFC Wimbledon aside, Sam, in their all right, technically 17-year history since they rose from the ashes as a Phoenix club. We're not going to go into that in too much detail. But um, technically, in that 17 years, aside, never been relegated. They've just been a, a, a club on the up. It's been you know, fantastic to watch from a, a football fan's perspective. I'm sure many will tell you that you know, they are the real dons at the end of the day. But like March has mentioned there, although they are struggling at the bottom end of the table, they've still got that that kind of Wimbledon factor about them that they're not going to be an easy side to to beat we mentioned the five free victory at Plough Lane for them in the EFL trophy this will be a tough test for Danny Cowley's side definitely I mean they're still in League One aren't they I mean you look at the size of their stadium obviously before they moved into their lovely new one and they weren't a club that was you know should be in League One really they were punching above their weight and no disrespect to them because they they were doing well with it Um, but the, you know the facilities they had, the stadium they had, they were punching above their weight. But you know they they're still here. They they got that magnificent playoff win, and you know they 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 kept, they stayed here for a number of years now. And and each each year when me and you are on here, as we have done for a few years now, is we're asked, you know, should we be beating them? And you you have to say yes. But you know they they're still here, and we're still here. So we we both are League One clubs. And they, we need to give them the respect they deserve. Let's get to some of the more text tweets and emails coming in to us uh, before we do leave you in just over five minutes' time. Then Chris Elston on Twitter uh, replying to Nigel Rush, uh, his tweet earlier about John Marquis. He wants him to start tomorrow. But Chris Elston disagrees. He says, I don't think I agree with you on this. Marquis is not scoring his job on the field. Harness is our top goal scorer and something is not right with Marquis and our system. So why not try a youngster? The best striker is the one scoring, says Chris. Chris Elston on Twitter. Meanwhile, Dave Byrne has got back in touch on the email saying, the most likely starting lineup, in my opinion, is Gavin Bazunu, uh, Marlon Romeo, Sean Raggett, Connor Ogilvie and Lee Brown, Rico Hackett, Joe Morrell, Louis Thompson and Ronan Curtis with Marcus Harness and George Hurst with Bass, Freeman, Williams, Jacobs, Aziz, Hadmi and Marquis on the bench. And he's forecasting a 2-0 victory. Thank you to Dave for getting in touch. Now, Mark, you know, we've mentioned George Hurst and John Marquis. I think we've kind of covered that debate um, as much as we can. At the end of the day now, all we can do is wait until 2pm tomorrow when Danny Cowley releases his team news. Will it be George Hurst? Will it be John Marquis? No one really knows at this stage. The other kind of debate that goes on is who starts in goal? Because you've got Gavin Bazzuni returning from international duty. Uh, You know, throughout the course of his campaign has been arguably probably one of Pompey's best players throughout the start of the season. But then you've got Alex Bass, who put in such a phenomenal performance against Wickham last weekend. But you kind of feel harsh if you're going to drop him for a keeper returning from international duty. So my question to you, A, who on earth do you start tomorrow? Who would it be fair to drop? Oh, God, this this is not a question I've been looking forward to. And honestly, Jake, it's it's so tough. I mean, you're talking like sort of 
fine, fine margins here. I mean, it's by no means an easy decision for the gaffer to make, and I don't envy him. But oh gosh, I I think just purely because I know for the rest of the season he's probably going to be the keeper we're going to use in the system we want to get familiar with. I, I'm going to say Bears because I mean I think we both know he probably would, you know, ideally in a lot of a lot of fans' minds. Be our number one keeper. I mean, Bass has had two like terrific performances. Shout out the opposition on both occasions, but I just feel like Bass just edges it for me. Sam, yeah, I've I've got to say I I think I agree with Mark's points there. For me, it is Bazunu personally. Like he says, he probably will be the number one for the rest of the season. And although you really testament to Bass for coming in and giving those performances, but at the end of the day, Bazunu was out on international duty he's he's played really well there as well he's obviously you know again kept Ronaldo out and as we've seen and so and he won Ireland's player of the year so he he's doing well out there for them so yeah I think Bazuno as well but but really do um, applaud Bass for his performances yeah a few more uh, tweets to to read out Pompey Carlo says uh, watched George Hurst at Wickham uh, and he was excellent on the ball hold up running off the ball he doesn't kill space and his uh, decisions were quick unselfish and effective without doubt uh, Hurst starts tomorrow even if Marquis has recovered I'm okay with either Bass or Baz uh, in goal Jeff Harris says I think he um, I think George Hurst is the one he's done well the last two games and uh, and is there anyone else to play up front tomorrow apart from Mahadami well Jeff we don't know uh, John Marquis could could uh, be in contention uh, Danny Cowley keeping his cl- uh, cards very close to his chest at the moment Mockers on Twitter says it's a very difficult situation choosing between Gavin and Alex Bass in goal but when the player in possession of a shirt has an excellent game it seems very unfair to drop him the same applies to George Hurst who deserves a run in the team thank you to uh, Mockers on Twitter for getting in touch there and I think we can all agree that the back four that Dave Byrne referenced in his email of Romeo, Raggett, Ogilvy and Brown is probably the one we're going to see tomorrow afternoon okay we have uh, well we've very quickly run out of time here on the show lads Sam Carter Pompey Wimbledon very quick score prediction from you please confident 3-0 confident 3-0 victory uh, Mark McGee what do you reckon mate we're going to go for 2-0 2-0 lovely stuff I'm going to go for a 2-0 win as well to be honest with you Sam Mark it's been an absolute pleasure to have you both on the show this evening Sam thank you very much cheers Jake Mark thank you my friends Always a pleasure, buddy. And I'm sure we'll hear from both of them uh, in the not-too-distant future. However, tomorrow is the return of League Football here to Express FM. Join myself and Henry Deacon live from Fratton Park for full coverage as Pompey host AFC Wimbledon in League One. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. Walker the found away yet again. This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. A win in Wickham for Pompey last time out. George Hurst for Portsmouth. He squares it. Marcus Harness scoring the only goal of the game as the Blues make it six unbeaten. Next up, the visit of AFC Wimbledon to Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action this Saturday from two. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. We look forward to welcoming you yet again to another Pompey match day here on Express FM. Myself and Henry Deacon in position from the South Stand press box tomorrow afternoon from two o'clock to see if Pompey can make it seven unbeaten with a victory or even a draw against AFC Wimbledon. Of course, a win would be uh, very much preferable. Uh, Coming up here on Express FM this evening, then uh, Connor Mosley is back after the seven o'clock news with Express Floor Fillers right the way through until 11 o'clock this evening when we've got nothing but even more great floor fillers all night long non-stop through to the early hours of Saturday morning and then tomorrow morning from 8 o'clock Ian McGuinness delivers Saturday breakfast here on Express with musical features local events sport travel weather and news updates to kickstart your Saturday morning Mason Jordan is sitting in for Lily Park from 11 through till 2. Mason's playing just great songs. He's got a tiny quiz and your guilty pleasures as well from 1 o'clock, as well as, of course, the latest on the roads, news, sport updates and the rest of that as well. And then, of course, it is the return of Pompey Live. Myself and Henners will be live from PO4. Like I said, to see if Pompey can make it seven unbeaten. We look forward to hearing you. Uh, tomorrow afternoon Blues fans do get in touch with the show all the usual ways on our website expressfm.com until then have yourselves a great evening and have a fantastic weekend and I'll see you Monday cheers play at Pompey